0: Thanks for tuning in with part two. We're back again. Uh, Let's just dive into it. Welcome to The Breakdown. I'm your host, Isaac Mateus. I'm here with Stephen and Johnny. In our show, The Breakdown, we seek to equip students and parents with a biblical framework, practical wisdom, and resources so they would further their relationship with Jesus Christ and further the mission of God. Guys, let's get started with the show.
1: I feel like the question kind of has two, there's sort of two questions there, right? So like, does God exist? Uh, but then also, how do we know that he even loves or cares about us, right? Um, so maybe we should speak a little bit to that. How do we know, how can you see from your life that, that the Lord does actually love and care about you? He didn't just make you and then walk away.
0: Yeah, sort of the like I, like I started, the, started the podcast with the idea of like sort of deism uh, which is a, a belief that there is a God um, but like what you would do with uh, an alarm clock sort of he creates it he spins it up and then he just sort of sets it down and then walks away and the alarm clock is doing all stuff the alarm clock's working and things like that but it doesn't actually he's not personally related to or personally uh, involved with any of the things that go on um, and so, the 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 argument for, you know, so there. I think we've kind of covered some really good grounds as far as um, why we believe that there is good reason for God to create. Uh, I think the my initial response would be, if I if I want to see proof of God's love, I would just look at the gospel as sort of the center point of all that I do. Right. So if I think of because I, I can look at other things I can use um, examples in my life stories in my life that men the Lord cared for me and loved me and, and shepherded me through a lot of things in my life the number one thing I would say though um, is the gospel is sort of the center point of all that God's love is for us and it is that he you know made a way for us to be saved to be in relationship with him and um, and that sacrificial giving of jesus's life where he did not have to like god found us in a place where we were enemies of him and he had no reason like there was nothing like if he would have just judged us and he would have just sent us all to hell and he would have just never had a relationship with us he would have been completely justified in doing so but the fact that he made a way for us that that was not what he wanted the fact that he wants a relationship with us the fact that he wants to dwell with us the fact that he wants to uh, to be our god and for for us to be his people there's just such a relational aspect of the lord that to me just screams love i mean i don't know what other. i mean you could give other like more practical examples of your own like moments in your own life but i think the biggest thing would be the gospel
2: Yeah, um, I think, you know, certainly from my own life, I can just see, like, uh, I mean, the fact that God is so intricately involved in creation, you know, I think of, like, Job 38 through 40, uh, Job's, you know, ticked at God, and he's having this conversation because everything's going wrong in his life, and, you know, he's shaking his finger at God and kind of giving it to him, and then God just kind of puts him in his place, and was like, hey, man, <laughs> You think you're a man (laughs) all right let's talk you know um and then he shows his involvement in creation um, and his control over creation and his authority over it all and shows kind of his uh his deity at work and his uh how he's created things and he's just like you know a lot of times when we when we approach God we think we actually know more or that we know a lot or something like that and um, you know, we come at a question like this, even thinking, like, man, I'm smart, so, like, and it don't make sense to me, so, like, you know, God, you can't exist or something like that. And God's like, you know, He tells Job, like, were you there when I put the boundaries on the ocean and I put the stars in the sky and I named them? Uh, and He goes through this whole laundry list of things. And it's like, you know, God shows that even in all those things and all the creation, there's such a design that if one of those things is out of whack, like, man, we're going to die on earth. And yet God has placed all these things in in the, anyway. So I think of something like that where you see God's intricate like involvement in creation, and then when I think of my how, God, how do you love me? Um, I'm reminded of something like Psalms 103, where He says, "Man, I I did not give you according to your iniquities. Like, man, I blew it, and I disobeyed God, and I do it all the time. And yet God does not repay me the way that I would repay someone." Um, and he, he does not give me what I actually deserve and it's because I've placed my faith and trust in him. It's because I'm a, you know I, I am a believer and a follower of Jesus but then he, he goes beyond that and he even says like man my mercies are growing they're constantly growing as far as the you know the heavens are above the earth and then he removes sin away from us as far as the east is from the west I like, guess an ever continual growing in his love and his removal of sin and that to me, shows a God that loves me uh, and he loves me so much that he will remove all the you know all those punishments and the the guilt that I, I'm owed and all the things that I mean I'm I'm owed eternity in hell uh, and yet he doesn't pay me that um, he has paid that price for me we learn in the gospels as you said and that to me is just overwhelming to me when I sit back and think about that for a moment I'm like Man, God, you have such control over how far the ocean can go, and where each place, each star is in place of the sky, uh, you know, and how each planet functions, and like, you hold all those things in your hand, and yet you really do care enough about me and my sin that you'll make a way for me not to have to, uh, to spend eternity in hell, like. He doesn't just care about the, the vastness of things. He actually cares about the individual. The scripture says he knows how many hairs are on the head of the uh, you know of individuals. Like, man, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's deep level care. Like, mm-hmm. when's the last time you counted somebody's hair? Like, I mean, I don't even know. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a knowledge of an individual that's there that God deeply cares about each individual.
1: Pretty easy for Johnny though.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, because yeah. he's bald, but Damn. like, uh, know. <laughs> Jesus you know, me out. Uh, no, but I mean. The fact that God would have mercy on me shows that He loves me. Yeah. So, uh, and He would offer that to all humanity.
3: So certainly, for those that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, they see, right? They see the reality of God. They see that God is still intimately involved in our lives. Um, you know, I could give story after story of God's faithfulness in my own life. Um, <clears throat> something that that really has affected me. Um, and, and it's my challenge for those that might be listening that have not placed their faith in Jesus, is to look at the story of the disciples, right? So you have twelve guys, um, eleven of which were, were re- remained faithful to Jesus, but when Jesus was on the cross, man, they were they were lost, like they were scared. We we see that um, after his death, they're they're huddled up in a room and and in, in fear of what's getting ready to happen. Um, we see even even as Jesus is. Suffering the events that lead up to the crucifixion, where Peter, um, a, a disciple that was one that was kind of in the inner circle, um, is asked by people of no, of no reputation, um, don't you know that Jesus? And he curses and says, no, I don't know that man, right? And then after, after the resurrection, right, we, we see these disciples that were in fear. They have this encounter with Jesus where they see the, the reality of the risen Savior, and all of a sudden they have boldness where Peter, he gets up before, before a, a great multitude of people and he says, this Jesus whom you crucified, right? And, and, and uh, we see Peter being bold in his faith so much so that he ends up dying a martyr's death. We see uh, that, that a majority of the disciples um, all end up dying a martyr's death for Jesus because they saw the reality and the love and, and the intimacy at which God uh, is involved in their lives through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, um, I, I would challenge you to read read the Gospels and, and see the difference in the disciples between when Jesus dies and then uh, after he is is uh, risen again.
1: Yeah, and that's that's such a central point. Um, the resurrection is so key to our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably, maybe even more important than the cross in some some respects. Uh, in fact, First Corinthians fifteen verse fourteen. Um, I think God is so confident in his position, and through Paul, uh, he writes, um, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if the resurrection didn't happen, we're all just playing a big game here, right? This is just a joke. Um, and so I, I think that's so, that's so um, important, because what you're looking for when you talk about these things, especially with somebody... Like your neighbor uh, your lost neighbor or friend or family member or whatever they don't necessarily just want to hear what the Bible has to say because um, while they may like the Bible or whatever um, they're not necessarily gonna take it as like their rule of faith right because they're not a believer right um, but that's why this is so important because it gives you falsifiable evidence and what that means is I can check and say like is this true well how do I check and say if it's true well if Jesus didn't rise from the dead if we can prove that to be false that this is again just a big game and we just need to go home we need to shut the doors and we need to quit um, but I think the case for the resurrection is so strong mm-hmm. that Paul is confident when he writes this verse mm-hmm. he's like if wow. Jesus isn't raised from the dead then we needed to leave but that's not the case and let me tell you yeah. right and he starts that chapter actually by giving the case uh, and the interesting thing about this particular chapter uh, so for just a little bit of background 1 um, Corinthians, we know for a fact, is written 56 AD. We have that nailed down. We know when, right? So already, that's so close to the resurrection, the resurrection, of course, being roughly 30 to 33 AD, right? Um, and so we know for a fact that that's when this is written because he mentioned certain historical things, and we know all that, uh, especially based off correlating that with the book of Acts. So now you've got two sources that are correlating the same timeline. Uh, so we got that set we also know that starting in verse 3, what Paul tells as the gospel, uh, we can tell by the intonation and the way that the, the scripture flows and the word choices that he uses, that this is a verbal thing that's been passed down. Mm-hmm. So it's even it exists even before 56 AD. So we're probably pushing as early as 40 AD here, roughly, just guesstimating. And so if you're thinking, okay, you know, maybe the disciples believe some sort of legend, right? Well, you know, 10 years is not enough time. Seven to 10 years is not enough time for the whole area to develop a legend, right? Because legends take time to develop. Uh, If somebody wanted to say this was a lie or they made this up, Paul even mentions like, hey, here's all the people who saw Jesus after he rose from the dead. Literally go ask them, Mm -hmm. right? Go ask them because they were there. They saw him too. It's not just me. I'm not just making this up. Uh, And to me, the kind of the final thing that sort of seals the deal on this is asking the question, kind of like you were asking, Pastor Johnny, how these people are different now, how they're different than what they were before. Uh, All of these people, we have record of how they died, and they were gruesome deaths, except John. John's the only one who wasn't martyred for his faith, Mm -hmm. but he was exiled, he was banished. Um, And so all of these people died, and if this is a lie, if this is a myth, if this is some sort of conspiracy or any of those sorts of things, uh, then they died for that. And you have to ask yourself, like, are you really going to die for a lie? Like, are you going to take that hit in order to try and keep this story going? Most people are going to be like, no. You know, at some point, the persecution is going to get too much. And at least one of those, uh, you know, 120 people that were in that upper room, right, one of those <laughs> people are going to crack, right? They're not going to die for this lie. Yeah. Uh, and so, to me, the fact that, you know, this is early testimony, the fact that it's multiple sources, are testifying to this and the fact that nobody stood up and said, nah, just kidding, right? That proves that this is just as much a historical fact as any other historical fact, like Caesar and Gaul, like um, Julius, you know, uh, Caesar, whatever, like um, Napoleon Bonaparte, right? These Mm -hmm. are all just as historical as that, right? And that's how certain we can be about the resurrection.
3: And and I I think the lack of there being any... uh Manuscript or, or anything in existence that refutes the claims of of the early disciples, um, we don't see anything from antiquity that is absolutely saying no. This did not happen. This did not happen, because there were so many. Uh, because there were so many uh, people saying that this did happen, you would think, right, that there would be just as many things in, in existence that would say the resurrection absolutely did not happen, right? But but we don't have an overwhelming amount of, of things that are saying Jesus did not die, this resurrection did not happen. Yeah,
1: not even overwhelming. Like, there's nothing. Yeah. No yeah. one said anything.
2: Yeah. Well, and you have, I mean, you have thousands of years of history even before this that, like, they prophesy about this one individual as mm-hmm. uh, Jesus being God, and, and all the facts that go into that that were verified, that were in the Scripture, that were in the text, they were known— known things like I mean the fact that he would be born of a virgin that he would come from you know uh born in Bethlehem and he would come from Nazareth and like like all these things that go into like who Jesus is as a person that were prophesied about thousands of years that were in the scripture I mean these things are are factual things as well and understood by the common people uh you know and it is Jesus who raises you know Lazarus from the dead so even his own resurrection was not the first resurrection that we see like no one else can do these things except for God, and so Jesus, in all those things, proves that He is God, and then raises Himself from the dead. You know, like I think you're right—the the resurrection in himself. But all of those factual things that, that cannot be disputed, that are historical facts, play a, a, a vital role, I guess, in as far as uh, just the, the proof of uh, you know factual evidence and things like that for. His resurrection um, and him being God as as a deity.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, and there and and you know, to say that the resurrection, like the resurrection, is absolutely foundational to the faith, and that it is not, like, not gone under scrutiny. So there's been multiple attempts to say. Uh, whether it's like hallucination theory or wrong tomb theory or Jesus wasn't dead theory, I mean, there's tons. My, of them. my favorite
1: is twin Jesus theory. That is well, my favorite too. Actually, not That's even, so
0: good.
2: Not even that. Like in the gospels themselves, so you have the guards that come and and the, the chief guard or whatever says, "Hey, you go and I'll take care of you." And if anybody asks, tell them that the disciples came and stole the body. Like it was under scrutiny from. Oh the yeah, beginning. yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, there's sure. hundreds of people that see Jesus as being resurrected. Um, and so, like, there was already from the beginning people going like, oh, no, this can't be, you know, yeah. but then it is. Yeah, and, and they and see him and they, they witness him.
3: And again, nobody standing up and calling the people that said that they saw the resurrected Jesus a liar. Yeah. Like, we, we don't see that. Yeah. We don't see somebody saying, you, from, from antiquity, like, yeah. we have plenty of people now that, you know, have all these crazy theories. But but there's nobody in antiquity that stood up and said, you are absolutely wrong and here's the proof, right? Because it's on.
0: yeah Yeah, i mean so like the there's there i think honestly i would like to we should do a whole podcast on just like talking about the different theories because we could (laughs) spend hours seriously they're they're good they're so interesting but yeah i mean there's like to to in short there's tons of um other options that people have tried to give like yeah well jesus didn't raise from the dead this in place is better but the reality is there is so like and i think i seriously think we should talk a whole like podcast about this there is so like every one of those other options just pales in comparison and just seems so arbitrary and ridiculous and we're left to realize like we're just left to say actually the resurrection is the best account like the best accumulating of all the all the resources that we have and looking at all the evidence the resurrection is actually the most convincing out of all those arguments, yeah. which is so crazy. And so, uh, yeah, there's tons more that we could say about it. And uh,
1: yeah, if you don't mind, I love giving. Um you know, resources on this stuff. So if you want to look at this stuff... You're really going to take my um, thunder. You're I'm sorry. Was that what you were going to do?
0: He's going to take the thunder of doing a wreck. Do it, Jace. Come Are on, Are you do serious? It. Uh, it's fine. Just <laughs> go ahead. Just go ahead yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't
1: know this was your thing. You're a guest. This is my first time. And you so. take...
2: And you take... He did call you Lamar, so you owe him.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let me give you some resources. Um, uh, there's a book called Cold Case Christianity, uh, which is basically a detective who was an atheist. And he was like, okay, my job as a detective is to take 10 12 year old cases and try and work them that's literally his job and so for him this was just another case right so he came into this as an atheist and started uh, inspecting um, these things and then found out okay yeah no this is actually it has some legitimacy to it uh, and eventually becomes a believer and writes this book uh, there's one other by a guy named Simon Greenleaf um, and literally the title of the book is who moved the stone right that's the question uh, because the Romans didn't want to move it, because it was their job, literally, to guard it. The Pharisees didn't want to move it because they're trying to keep the body in there, right? The disciples probably couldn't have moved it because they would have had to overwhelm an entire Roman legion. That's just not going to happen for a bunch of <laughs> who know, were who yeah. were
2: w- the most equipped in
1: the world. Yeah, market. yeah. The Judean yeah, yeah. peasants are not just going to overthrow <laughs> the, throw the army. Um, so, so the question then becomes, who moved the stone? Yeah. Right? Um, that's what the book is all about, and so um, you could check that out as well. Do you have some more you want to add to this?
0: Those are two great recs. I was gonna I was gonna go with the basic rec of like Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Sure, that's a that's a
1: a, that's a stand-up one. That's a very yeah
0: The Case for Christ is a very basic book that's like well written and is generally pretty easy to read. I was just gonna
2: go with the Bible because it's always been enough for me. (laughs) All right, Tom Sawyer. Thanks, Tom Sawyer. I appreciate
0: that. Yeah, actually,
1: if you want to look more specifically at something Lee Strobel wrote, he wrote a smaller book called The Case for Easter that just does a lot of this stuff just on the resurrection. So it's a much quicker read and it really gets to the point.
0: There you go. There you go. This guy's got all the wrecks, bro. He's got all the wrecks.
3: Um, is wrecks short for a recommendation? Yes. Yeah, That that is... That is I'm, glad I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad you're catching on.
0: Short
2: for recreation.
3: I'm glad i you're... That's why I wanted clarity.
0: I'm glad you're yeah. catching on. Um, yeah, so... I've got some other wrecks, but it's fine. Um, so... I feel like we've, we've talked a lot. We've said a lot. Hopefully, we've answered the question. Um, do you guys have anything else to add?
1: I probably would just add to, to the end. If the resurrection is true, like we've said, right? Sure. Then that means Jesus is who he said he is. Mm-hmm. And to me, the resurrection then is the, the perfect answer for this question because who is Jesus? Mm. Like, he's the resurrection and life, right? He's the good shepherd. He's the bread of life, right? This is who Jesus is. Does God care for you? Absolutely. 100%. Just look at who Jesus is and what he does, right? Um, He is uh, your Savior.
2: Yeah, I feel like to deny God, you have to deny the resurrection, and I don't
3: actually think that you can deny the resurrection factually. Yeah, Yeah, I I would just say, look at the evidence, um, even extra-biblical evidence. Um, You know, you have people like Josephus that were writing um, uh, at the time that, that talked about the way and, and the difference in the lives of the disciples and um, you know th- those that had claimed to place their faith in Jesus and the things that they suffered for for what? For something that I believe is the truth, but um, that others would say is a lie. And to, to Jace's earlier point, man, out of the amount of people you would think that one person at least would not want to die for for a lie, right? So yeah, and, so and look I, the evidence and, and decide for yourself, right? Because the the Bible gives us the evidence and and challenges us to make that decision on on who Jesus is, on it, on if we believe, um, in in a uh, intimate God or not that sent His Son to die for us.
2: And I I don't want to. I mean, sometimes we think like, hey, check out everything else, and some you know that's true. Like it's fine to go read other stuff, but. The Bible, in and of itself, as being what it is—I mean, it's a book that's written over what, like three thousand years, potentially something like that, like two or three thousand years, on like three different continents by over thirty different authors, and yet it shares one theme and one story and uses itself, uh, you know, so well, and it, it's so undisputed and so uh, valid, and uh, you know, it, that in and of itself, that it gives the, the account of the resurrection ought to be the factual book I mean it ought to be the thing that everybody turns to to prove the resurrection to begin with because of what the Bible is and how uh, how so well it is proven and the only reason you try to disprove the Bible is because you simply want to deny Christ uh, not I mean the book itself cannot be disputed it, it is absolutely valid and so anyway that's what I would say to that yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, this has uh, been
1: fun, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, thanks,
0: thanks, Jace, for coming on. Thank mm-hmm. you for stealing my thunder of uh, giving recommendations. That's what I do.
1: It's also
3: not every day that we do a two-parter, so I think this is our first two-parter.
2: Okay. So tune in next time for the hug chug.
1: Hug chug challenge. Yeah, the hug chug
0: <laughs> challenge,
2: oh, uh, where us. you're gonna
0: not—you're actually not gonna see us because this is a podcast, and you—you you don't have video. Um, but you'll just hear us. Just we'll like make some really guttural like. Swallowing sounds and right. really just visceral throwing up sounds. Yeah.
3: And may, maybe you can do like a play by play description of what's happening.
0: Uh, oh, so I'm not chugging? That's fine. No, I'm you're cool. chugging.
3: I'll do the description. Oh, <laughs> good.
0: Good. Good. Thank you. That's great. Uh, yeah, so as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you, all, everyone who is here. Thank uh, you. Johnny, Steven special guest jace for coming on Uh, as always if you have a question send it in send us in questions the breakdown at com. the breakdown at com. you can send in your questions and we will seek to answer them um whether it's a question about this topic whether it's a question about diving more into the uh other options or the other cases for the resurrection Uh, We can kind of talk about those. I'd actually love to talk about those. I recently uh, did a midterm on those, actually. So I'm raring to go. Uh, But as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Thank you, listeners. Uh, We will see you guys next week.